In the previous sermon, we proclaimed the church as a place which exudes the generosity of Christ. But today, we will notice that the church is also a place which lifts up all. In this reading, the Greek-speaking widows are not getting their fair share of the distribution of the church. They call upon the Spirit and appoint non-apostolic men to do this, deacons, some of whom have Greek names. The Greek widows should get the same. The point is that just because you are a Greek-speaking widow does not make a difference in Christ's church. You are just as redeemed and beloved as the next person. Hello, this is Pastor John Edding. Thank you for listening to the Sandhills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. This is the fourth sermon in the sermon series from the book of Acts called I See Jesus. Let's get to today's sermon from excerpts from Acts chapter 6 and 7, entitled, Equal. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In our reading from Acts this morning, we have an account, the account of Stephen's stoning. And yet I want, to, I want you to notice something. We don't have the full story here. In our reading, as you look at it, maybe on the back of the, the bulletin, you notice um, there are, we are only taking a look at excerpts, scenes. It, it looks almost like uh, watching a movie trailer. The, the reading, we don't have the full story because it would just take too long to read all of chapter 6 and all of chapter 7. So it looks like watching a trailer from a movie. And what's the first thing that we see? We see Stephen, he's described a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And he's set apart in the church to distribute food. Next, we see him not distributing food, but doing these great signs and wonders. And then he's seized by religious, the religious leaders. And next, he's, he's hoarse and he is tired after giving a long speech, and we hear his closing words of condemnation. Well, we really only heard the end of his speech in our reading today. Words of condemnation. And then we see him stoned. And then, just for a moment, just for a moment, high above the sky, we see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. The story has it all care for the poor, uh, miraculous powers, um, murderous threats, uh, an impassioned speech, uh, glory shining in the heavens, and blood flowing on the earth. And somehow God is ruling amid all of this and all things. As the text opens, notice how Luke and you may take a look and follow along in your, your Bible or in the bulletin. Notice how Luke directs our eyes from the apostles to Stephen. And then Luke wants us to see the various ways in which God is at work. It would be easy to see God's work as happening among those who are dedicating themselves to the teaching and preaching, um, the reading of scriptures, 
It would also be easy to see God at work in the, the miracles, the miraculous signs. Um, but those who give food to the poor, that's where Luke directs our attention, giving, distributing food to the poor. What's so special about that? Yet, that is exactly what Luke is interested in, and he names all the people who are called to feed the poor. And he notes the importance of the Spirit being among all the people who were chosen to do this task. And even though Stephen was doing miraculous signs and wonders, Luke doesn't tell us what those signs and wonders are. What Luke focuses on is that Stephen was chosen to distribute food to the poor. And in this reading, the Greek-speaking widows were not getting their fair share of the distribution of the church. And notice there's no discussion of will there be enough. Uh, of course, there's, there's enough. Jesus multiplies uh, the bread and the fishes. And they call upon the Spirit and appoint non-apostolic men to do this, deacons, some of whom have Greek names. The Greek widows should get the same. Here's the point. The point is that just because you are a Greek-speaking widow does not make a difference in Christ's church. You are just as redeemed and just as loved as the next person. So last week we were in our sermon series. Last week we looked at the uh, the church, and we proclaimed the church as a place where generosity of Christ dwells. It just exudes generosity. But today we'll notice that the church is also a place which lifts up all. We might say that this Jesus is not a respecter of titles or, or status, Uh, We see this as a theme throughout the book of Acts. God does not, Peter proclaimed, God is not, he does not show partiality to any person. And he did that as he marveled how the Gentiles were coming to faith and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Christ did not see the distinctions which we see, you could say. We see this in his ministry. He healed the centurion and uh, the centurion's servant, and also Peter's mother-in-law. You know, talk about extreme end, ends of the social uh, status spectrum. <laughs> but uh, they both needed and both received Jesus that day. Jesus collected everyone to himself, so much so that the people who loved the distinctions could not bear it. They just grumbled. We heard that in our children's message today. Uh, Let's just say it this way. Jesus is no respecter of persons. Within his kingdom, all are redeemed and forgiven children of God. He doesn't care about titles or status. He's not distracted by the praise of the world when he received it. And he doesn't give up when the world scorned and ultimately rejected him. He simply sees the sinners who need his love. Jesus did not just declare that people were all equal before God. 
He lived it. He ate with sinners. He, he was known to receive the worship of, of scandalously fallen women. Uh, he went to Zacchaeus' house. He called fishermen, tax collectors, and even a zealot or two uh, into his band of disciples. He declared that anyone who followed his father's will were his brother and his sister, his family. That Jesus has taken up residence in us, in you and me. Later in the count, we have scenes from the death of Stephen. And here we, again, we see God at work in a marvelous way. Stephen's words, which proclaim that Jewish and Gentile sinners equally needed the redemption of Christ. It enraged the crowd and resulted in his rejection, just like they rejected Christ, and his martyrdom. But should we be surprised at this? Again, Luke chapter 4, the people wanted to push, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, they wanted to push Jesus over a cliff. And perhaps, and that failed, and perhaps they wanted to stone him after throwing him over a cliff. Why did they want to do that? Well, he pointed out very subtly that God's plan of salvation included Gentiles, non-Israelites. He recounted this story. During a terrible famine, um, God could have sent Elijah, the prophet Elijah, to any widow of Israel. He didn't. During those three years of dreadful famine, he sent Elijah. Elijah only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon to a widow, a non-Israelite widow. Also, uh, Paul Paul proclaimed uh, Gentile equality before God, and that resulted in many confrontations and also his, his own eventual arrest and his martyrdom. The blood of Christ is shed for all sinners. And Jesus has made us equal in the eyes of God. And that does take shape in our life together, uh, in communion, in fellowship. And now the Greek widows are not discriminated against when the church hands out food. That just kind of embraces this whole idea. If we would declare God's unconditional love, to everyone, and that will take shape in our own ministry to this world, then expect some not, some not to like it. But listen to Stephen's words as he died. I see Jesus there. Don't you? Okay, so we're kind of accustomed to the ways that movies work, right? We might expect God to come into this account of Stephen and perform some mighty act of deliverance. God, the superhero, would rescue Stephen from the rubble and bring about a happy ending here on earth. But God doesn't intervene like that. And God doesn't, also doesn't just sit back in the heavens unconcerned about the things that are happening on earth. No, in verse 55, we see that the heavens are open. We see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He's standing. He's not passively sitting, doing nothing. No, God works. Jesus is at work 
and we join him. And God is at work in marvelous ways. God works in a way where the marvelous and even the murderous are woven together with one another. And Luke wants us to know that God works wonders in the suffering of this world. Listen to how Luke tells the story. Stephen is dragged out of the city in stone, and when this happens, he falls to the ground. Yet when Luke records this, he tells us that Stephen bends his knees. He kneels in reverence to God. Now, you would think that there would be a difference between being knocked to the ground with stones and kneeling in prayer. But, according to Luke, sometimes they look the same. And as Stephen is dying, he cries out. We can see the scene. A man is hit with stones. He cries out in pain. Yet when Luke records this, he asks us to overhear not screams of pain, but prayers of faith. Stephen cries out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. As Stephen dies, we hear echoes of Calvary. Jesus crying out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And finally, when Stephen breathes his last breath, when Stephen dies from the stoning, Luke tells us that he falls asleep. And Luke reveals that there is nothing beyond the reach of God, and Stephen is bloody, stoned, suffering, and dying. And yet God is at work in a marvelous way. God is able to enter into our conflict into suffering, even into death itself, and nothing can stop his work, his work of love. Jesus entered into this world. He suffered. He died in order to take away all sin. And in rising from the dead, he revealed to us that he has, he's conquered all. He's conquered sin. He's conquered uh, all evil, even death itself. Nothing can separate us from God's love. God is at work in the world, and not in the way that the, you know, the skeptics say, uh, like, he's hovering above the world, never touching down in the lives of real people. You know, he's just merely a figment of our imagination. No. And, and, and also not in the way some people think, like, in, you know, entering into situations of suffering and making it all better. No. We see that in our reading. God is here in the midst of suffering. He's transforming that suffering into the glory of his kingdom. And as Stephen is joined to the suffering of Christ, he's also joined to the glory of Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, who is active and at work in your lives and in his world. Now this, in fact, was the whole point of Stephen's speech although it has been kind of cut out of our reading. Stephen's, uh, Stephen's speech focuses on this wonderful work of God. Stephen proclaims that God does not live in houses made by men. Rather, God is known by his powerful word that is at work at all places in the world. Uh, Abraham in Mesopotamia, Moses at Mount Sinai, Israel in the wilderness, even now in Jerusalem after the crucifixion of Jesus, God is making himself known. And when persecution arises, as it will, the disciples 
will be scattered from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But God will be there doing his work, bringing to all people the saving work of Jesus who has died and risen and ascended into heaven and now rules over all things. These scenes from the life of Stephen have a purpose. They encourage you to see God at work in your world. Now, to be clear, this reading from Acts, it's not like a movie that we can choose to see or not. God is at work in our lives, and we have, we have no choice about that. God rules over all things and works in our world. He created us. He claimed us as his own. He claimed you as his own in your baptism, calls you to serve him in your various vocations and promises to raise you up to live with him in the new creation. And we know, of course, that this speech leads to Stephen's martyrdom. And we listen to his dying words. He too looks like Jesus as he dies. Not just Peter and John and James, but Stephen too, the first to wear the martyr's crown, is the man who was chosen to make sure widows got their fair share. Jesus is showing up both in his service and in Stephen's death. And likewise, Jesus shows up in your service and in your living and in our own death. Too often we have succumbed to the ways of the world. We have loved our titles and we have preened when the world heaped praise, uh, praise upon us. And likewise, we feel slighted when the world scorns us. But the fact is, Jesus doesn't care about any of it. You know, the, the titles, the status, who is the greatest. He simply sees the sinners who need his love. And that includes you. In Christ, there is no east or west. In him, no south or north. But one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.